then you won't know how to love your neighbor. You can't have a relationship with people if you don't even love your own self. And a lot of times, the reason people don't love you or a lot of times the people don't treat you right is because they don't even know how to treat their own self. You'd be surprised how many saints of God walk around church and they walk around church, they don't do anything for themselves. Nothing for their hair, nothing for their body. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And if you, and I said this other week, if you're not going to put deodorant on your own self, you definitely ain't going to buy no perfume for somebody else. Amen. If you're not going to take care of you, then you won't know how to take care. And, and if you ever find people in the church, because we have a lot of this in the church, if you ever find people in the church that don't know how to treat you, or you find people in the church that are bitter towards you, or you find people in the church that have attitudes and issues towards you inside the church, it's because they have a self problem. So when you find people in the church that uh, don't have speak, or find people in the church that hate the saints, or find people in the church that you, you, you don't stop at yourself. These people got issues that's greater than yourself, and most of those people that you find, they're miserable with their own life. That's why they don't know how to treat you. So you, when you start dealing with people like that in the church that have these issues, and I'm talking about this tonight because I think one of the greatest uh, and one of the biggest problems that I've had in church is being able to unite people together to work together as one. There's always division. There's always separation. And, you know, if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, every, there's some things we have to do together. We can't do them individually. We can't do them separate. And, you know, there are some people don't understand a team mentality. That means everybody coming together, work together. They rather work individually. But there are some things you cannot get done individually. And God made it that. He said it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be by yourself. Trying to do anything, one of the things is not good for you to be by yourself when it comes down to doing things, making things happen, and that you have the support and help of others to do it because, one, you become proud. If you can do everything by yourself, and that's why some folks don't like to cook with other people, and you have them on a committee and you get everybody you want to cook together, they want to go out and cook their own thing because they don't want anybody else to get any glory about that because they want everybody to taste their mashed potatoes. And if anybody else bring any, any, any meat to it, they don't want, so they don't want to cook with the whole team because then everybody get a little compliment. Y'all ain't saying much. So they'd rather be by themselves. So, uh, 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 but he said it's not good for man to be alone. And what he did, man had all of the, the children making uh, abilities within himself. He could have had all the children within himself, all of that was inside of him. But God took that out of him, diluted him, and then God said, now, I want y'all to be fruitful and multiply because I don't want you to do it by yourself. So God had to, to, to take him, he made him, took a rib out of him, made a woman, and brought her back to him, and then said, now, I want y'all to create, I want you to make this task happen. Amen. Give me the book of Galatians chapter 6 and 1. Uh, one of the things... Uh, give me uh, Mark 12 and 31. Mark 12 and 31. When you get to say amen. Mark 12, chapter 31st verse. And this is one of the things that the church had to be taught. Is anytime a church has people problem, a fellowship problem, or people loving each other problem inside a church, anytime they have that problem, it's a sign that the people in those churches have issues that they have wrong with themselves. Anytime you have confusion and, and, and division and separation, people that don't speak to people, people don't deal with people, this person don't like that person, this person, that's not 
a person problem. That is an individual problem. Give me the book of Mark, what did I say, 12 and 31? Okay, look what it says. And the second is like, the second is like this. this, mainly this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. As thyself. As, as, as. So you love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Not more than yourself, not better than yourself, but love your neighbor as yourself. Now what this means is this. My comparison to how I love people is how I love me. That's what my comparison is to love saints is how I love me. So whatever level I love saints on, that's the level that I love myself on. If I have a bad problem with dealing with people, I have a bad problem with accepting myself. Amen. Y'all with me? Look, look at this. I want you to go with me quickly to the book of Galatians. I'm on Galatians chapter 6. One of the things that a lot of people are having problems with in the church, and I've noticed this, is forgiving one another. Forgiving people who have, uh, in the church, have done things to them, have said things about them. People in the church do do that. There wouldn't be a scripture in there in Matthew chapter 18 that said, if your brother, uh, 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 cut me down a little bit, cut me down a little bit. I think they may have a little bit too, more, too much high. Cut me down. All right. Now, uh, uh, if the Bible wouldn't tell you if your brother trespassed against you, if there wasn't a brother that would trust, what that was going to trespass against you, it wouldn't say that. It wouldn't tell us how to work these things out if these kind of things wouldn't happen in the church. They do happen in the church, and these conflicts happen. But people that have a problem with forgiving people is because these same people have not considered themselves. Galatians 6 and 1. Look at Galatians 6 and 1. Uh-huh. Brethren, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, if a man be overtaken with a fall, ye which are spiritual, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself. This is why we have problem forgiving people. Because we don't consider ourselves. We we want people to deal with us a certain way when we do wrong, but then we want to deal with them a certain way when they do wrong. So the standard for you is different than the standard for somebody else. So that means you, you, you do something to me, then you want me to go ahead and forgive you right away and say I forgive you. But now you do something to them, then you want to hold it for the rest of their life. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So the Bible says, if a brother be overtaken in the fall, he was your spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And then when you're, when you're forgiving them or when you're dealing with them, Considering yourself, not that you've already be tempted, but considering yourself, lest thou also be tempted. So don't, when you consider what somebody else you're forgiving them from, consider the fact that you could be overtaken with the same kind of fault that you're dealing with them. Then you would deal with them on the manner of how you would want somebody to deal with you if you was in that same condition. But people don't have that in their mind when they come out of the church. I've watched this in the church. I've watched people who are adamant, and angry about saints who have done something to them wrong. But then they do something to another saint that have done something wrong, and it's just the nature of people. It's bad, and it's the nature of people. That's why the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is one of the things that causes so many conflicts within the church today, is because sometimes the people that are judging you 
have just got through doing the same thing that you did, and they're looking at you funny. Now you looking at, you looking up, you in the choir stand and look at somebody in the choir stand and you mad at them because they're singing in the choir, but then you did the same thing, you sitting around there mad at them and upset with them. So you gotta consider yourself lest you also be tempted. Give me the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter and the seventh verse. Now this is not talking about, because you got a lot of people say, don't judge me. This is not talking about not judging. In Matthew chapter seven and seven, seven and one, what he's saying is don't judge a person unrighteously. And you know, you got a lot of saints that have that kind of attitude. They will talk about your child when your child do something and their child do the same thing and it ain't as bad for their child as if your child. They will talk about uh, uh, you if you didn't do something and then it's a whole different standard. It's a mistake for, for you, but it's, it, it's, it's a sin for, for me. We can't have that kind of same kind of standard because now it makes us treat people different than we are. The same compassion that you want for yourself, you have that same compassion for other people. Amen. Y'all with me, church? Are y'all with me? Amen. I watch it. I watch it happen right in the church. I watch that same thing happen in the church. You be careful if you step on somebody else's toe. You hit their toe. Uh, I mean, they hit your toe. Be careful if they say, excuse me, to be quick. They say, okay, because you may do it to somebody else. Give me Matthew chapter 7 and 1. Uh-huh. Judge not. Judge not. That ye be not judged. Uh-huh. For with what judgment ye judge, uh-huh. ye shall be judged. With what judgment that you judge, you shall be judged. Now you go around if you want to and you pick at everybody and you say, she ain't got no teeth. She ain't got no teeth. All her teeth gone. She ain't got no teeth. And you pick at her. 20 years later, you may lose yours. And the same way you picking at somebody else that lost their teeth, somebody's going to be picking at how, you gonna, how you've lost yours. See, so whatever, y'all be careful how y'all picking at who baby ugly. And that, that's an ugly baby. Y'all be careful. Be careful. Amen. That's why I'm, I'm very careful. When y'all, when I'm, I'm very careful. I'm very careful. Y'all be careful. I'm very careful. Sometimes they, they ask me, say, they say, how the baby look? I say, oh, God sure bless y'all. I don't, I, I don't put a lot of blessings on babies. Some of them say, bless him. Oh, he must be going to be a preacher. God must be going to use him. <laughs> but you see, you have to be very careful. Are y'all listening to me? You have to be very careful because now you do all of that and all of that and all of that and putting the child on Facebook, got the little old baby that then got on Facebook and put on that and then you, must, you have to be careful with that. You have to be careful how you criticize how somebody takes something. Oh, it don't take all that. Somebody died. It don't take all of that. I wouldn't be that then somebody close in your family died. You all falling. Ah, you have to be careful. So God says what you're, what you're supposed to do is in, in 7 and 1, it says judge not that ye be not judged. See that? It's not telling you not to judge, but he said if you don't want to be judged, don't judge. Because in the same measure that you meet, it's going to be met unto you. Now, if no teeth is ugly for me, it's ugly for you too. So he said, just be careful when you put your stuff out there. I, I had a guy one time and, and, uh, and, and he was talking about, you know, his church do this and that church do that and that church do that and I don't, we don't do this. And they were talking real high and it wasn't but about five of them in there. It's easy 
to maintain certain things with five people in there than with 500. It's a whole different standard. I mean, a whole different, a whole different uh, 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 ball game. So they came to the church and they see the church and they see a growing church and a thriving church and they look at a church that's growing and they got five members and the guy, you know, he's like, hey, you know what? Everybody in there do this. Everybody do this. Everybody do this. Well, now I got 500. That's a whole difference between five and 500 and a whole difference between another person with 5,000 and a whole difference with another person with 10,000. So a guy, a little guy got about five people that he's trying to get saved. And I'm not picking at numbers because he's try, he trying to get saved. He come over here looking about 500 and say, oh, they're letting down the standard. They ain't got nothing to do with letting down no standard. The problem is you ain't got nobody got saved in the last 20 years. We got people getting saved every week, coming every week. And so there's a difference because you got babies. And I say this all the time. You, when you got babies being born, you're going to smell diapers. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So uh, give me quickly uh, the book of Matthew chapter 18 and 15. Matthew 18 and 15. This is how the Lord said you handle this. How do I handle people that have done wrong? And I know this may not seem like it's, it's relevant, but I think before we can work together, we got to be able to at least talk together. So there's a task that we're trying to do to get us to work together, but I, we, we got to be able to at least communicate together before we can work together. If y'all ain't speaking to each other, ain't no need of me asking y'all to help. Let's, let's build a temple or let's build a, 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 a college or let's build a, a hotel. I can't, if you ain't even speaking, how am I going to get y'all to work together and you ain't even speaking to each other? So the first thing we got to do is nail down all of these divisive factors. Get Matthew chapter 18 and 15. What does it say? Moreover. If thy brother be, shall trespass against thee, uh -huh. go and tell him his fault between thee. Let's stop right here. There's the first thing. Let's stop. If your brother trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between thee and uh -huh. him alone. But this is the first thing that you need to realize. Number one, that a brother can still be a brother and trespass against you. I keep saying this all the time because what happens sometime in the church, and some of y'all got this attitude anytime somebody do something with, to you in the church or hurt your feeling in the church or offend you in the church like somebody ignorant, you say, I ain't going to church no more. Them people over there ain't right. I don't like dealing with them folk. The Bible say a brother can trespass against you. A brother can lie on you. He just need to admit he lied when, he, when you catch him or, uh, you know, when conviction hit him. And you, that's true. Give me Leviticus chapter 6 and 1. Watch it. People do trespass against you. And the first thing, but now, y'all don't, and I'm not telling you you should go around lying on people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sometimes people get out. He said, well, he said, I can just go lie. I'm going to lie on a few folk. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this, that brothers do things that, I, I, I tell you what. Now, some of y'all having problems with me telling you that a brother will lie on you. Well, Paul, I mean, Peter, an apostle, lied on Jesus. He, they asked him, did he know Jesus? He said he didn't know Jesus. That's a lie. So sometimes there are saints that do things that they shouldn't do to you or hurt you or say something about you. Or you find out they did something, and this is the reality of people. 
they say things that 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 and twist things and turn things and and have you all upset. But then the first thing that you go to is, I ain't coming back to that church no more. I ain't dealing with them folk no more. Uh, 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 church folk don't act like this. Yes, they do. Leviticus six and one. Look what he says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord, uh-huh. and lie unto his neighbor, and that- lie. And lie unto his neighbor. Uh-huh. And that which was delivered to him uh-huh. to keep or in fellowship. He done stole something from his brother and lied on him. All right, read it, read it again. If a soul, if a soul sin he and had can, something come from UPS and he went and stole it. <laughs> Amazon. This is supposed to be a brother. He done went and stole it. Uh-huh. Read. And commit a trespass against the Lord. And lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep or in fellowship or in a thing taken away by violence or have deceived his neighbor or have found that which was lost and lieth concerning it and sweareth falsely in any of these that a man doeth sinneth therein then it shall be because he hath sinned and is guilty that he shall restore that which he took violently away. Uh-huh. Or the so thing. This, this is where Matthew 18, 16 came from. If your brother trespassed against you. So he told you that this guy done stole something and lied about what happened. He done lied about it. And you go back to him and you talk with him and that brother that has stolen and lied about it is his responsibility to restore it. Don't steal my stuff and ask me to forgive you and you don't want to give it back. But once he does that, the Bible say you have a responsibility to forgive him. Get Matthew chapter 18 and 15. Now, you know, you got people right in church today who are still not dealing with people in church. They don't speak to them. They don't deal with them. I don't fool with her over one incident that happened. One situation that happened. Amen. Matthew chapter 18 and Give me 15, 18, 15, uh-huh. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. If he hear you, you have done what? Gained. You have gained your brother, which means if you gain him, you've, y'all had lost fellowship with each other because of what he done. And there then comes a time then that people lose fellowship with each other. He said, you have gained your brother. That means you have lost him. And in order to lose him, you can't gain something that you had lost. So there are times that brothers and sisters fall out of fellowship with each other because of things that happen. All right, read. Uh huh. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or the two. The whole instance is getting him to hear. And that's the whole instance. I have sat down and talked to saints and tried to bring saints together to talk to them. And they're going to tell other saints, another saint go to them, I don't want to hear that foolishness. I don't want to hear that. Well, when you don't want to hear that, then you are automatically telling that you're the one that has the spirit of error. You're the one that has the spirit of the, the person that says, I don't want to hear it, you have the spirit of error. Go to the book of 1 John. And I told you why a lot of folk don't want to be hearing it. Because they're scared if they come to that room and everybody start talking, the truth of what they done done is going to come out. So a lot of times they don't want to talk, they don't want to discuss it because saints start to... Now, you know, you, you know what you said about sister so-and-so. 
All right, get get four and four and six. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So you know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error by people that don't want to hear when it comes down to re resolving an issue. If you, if you say, listen, let's talk about it. Let's resolve it. Can I talk to you about it? I don't want to hear. That's the spirit of error. It's the spirit of error for somebody to come and try to talk to you and get something resolved. And when they try to get it resolved, you're saying, I don't want to hear that. I don't, don't put me in that foolishness. But they're coming to you. Now, I'm talking about somebody coming. Not, I'm not talking about somebody make, starting a mess. I'm talking about somebody coming to you one-on-one -on -one to talk to you about something. Not nobody got a whole group over there like a posse like they've been to jump on you. I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one just coming to you and saying, listen, I like, I, like to, I like to talk to you because there was something that you did that offended me. Are you with me? All right, read. Go back to Matthew chapter 18. Verse 16. Uh-huh. But if he will not hear thee, take, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he shall, but if he neglect to hear the now, church. Now, now, Jesus is talking about forgiving people that done you wrong. I want you to watch Peter. Jesus is saying you forgive people that done you wrong if they trespass against you, forgive them. And then in Matthew chapter 18 and 21, Peter says something. Because he doesn't really agree with what Jesus is saying. He, he, not, not that he doesn't agree. I, let me change that. But really, he's having a problem with this forgiving folks stuff. And so Peter says in 18 and 21, Look what he says. Then Peter, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me uh -huh. and I forgive him? Now, this is what he asked. He asked Jesus, well, how often do you want him to sin against me and I forgive him? You, you laid that out there. How many times you want me to forgive him? Now, this is Peter. Now, he's asking this question, not even recognizing two chapters over, Jesus had to tell him he had the devil in him. He just got through from Jesus telling him, in 16th chapter, he just got through telling him, Satan and the Lord rebuke you. And then he done cussed and lied three times. And he talking about how many times should you forgive your brother? Now he asking this question and he has just got through. Look, look at Matthew, Matthew 16. Sixteen and verse twenty-three. But he turned and said unto Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan! Thou art an offense unto me, for thou certain." Now, now write this down, Peter. I'm gonna show you what he's done. Peter now got rebuked. He called Satan because he's rebuking Jesus. All right. Then I want you to go to Matthew chapter twenty-six. Go to John 18, John 18. 
18 and 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Okay, now, he, he done rebuked Jesus. Jesus called him Satan. He done did attempted murder and cut a man's ear off. All right. Then go down to Matthew 26 and 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying, thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. Mm -hmm. And when he was going out into the porch. Now, now, you know he knew him. He walked on water with him and everything else. So that's lie number one. Uh huh. Another maid saw him and said unto them that were there. These, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Uh-huh. And again, he denied with an oath. Lie number I, two. Now, this time he didn't just deny. He swore. So that's, that's, that's lie number two with the swearing. All right. Read. I do not know the man. And after a while, now came he unto he don't him. Even know him. First he said, I wasn't with him. Now he said, I don't know him. Uh -huh. They that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Now, now guess what? He wants to ask Jesus, How often shall I forgive my brother? But he wanted them forgiveness over there when he done cussed everybody out and lied and cut somebody off. Now he learned about this other guy, how many times you ought to forgive him, but he done made a record himself. And that's just like people in the church today. It's the same way, you know, somebody come that backslid and they come back in the church and they look at them come back and say, how many times they going to come back? How many times you been back? So I'm saying, and, and then it's the same thing and this, these are the things that causes us as saints of God. It is impossible for you to live in a church, see everybody every Sunday, see everybody Wednesday, and not have some conflicts. We don't like to have fellowship because church, you don't get as many conflicts in church because it's a spiritual environment. It's a spiritual environment. You come, you shout, you praise God, touch your neighbor. Some of y'all be touching your neighbor and shouting by your neighbor. You don't even speak to the spirit get in there and it cover all that. The Holy Ghost getting y'all, y'all ain't even speaking. Somebody say, touch your neighbor. That, that person you didn't even speak to in church, you touch them. And the glory of God leave, and then y'all ain't speaking no more right in the, in the lobby. That's because there's a spiritual, in, spiritual environment that kind of covers that. But fellowship exposes who you are. See, it's easy for us to get along and pass the communion bread. But to pass a hot dog and a steak or something out there outside, that's more difficult. And that's why some of y'all don't like those environments because some of y'all are good spiritual, but some of y'all just don't get along with people, period. So when it comes down to fellowship, you avoid fellowship because fellowship exposes. See, because some of y'all by yourself and with your children, you're rude. But then you get around other saints and you start talking like, then they tell you you got a man ass attitude. Nobody else tell you that because everybody else that you're around, they're used to it. But now you got to put that attitude around some other saint that say, no, since you rude, you didn't even, you, you, you should have said thank you. Or you should have said, can I please? See, that's different than church. We just pass the bread around and the drink around. But when you're sitting with somebody at a table and you ain't talking spiritual, you're talking natural, you got to now learn how to, and, 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 and regardless of what we say, we can try 
to, to uh, I can try to pastor the church and preach and look over these defects, but these will keep us from being able to fulfill the project that God wants us to do. I can so now we can have a whole full house of people shouting on Wednesday, but some of y'all don't even speak to people. When church is over, you get your stuff and go. You don't even talk to nobody. You don't know the last time you hugged somebody's neck. Don't last the only last time you shook somebody's hand and you talking about you're a part of the church. How are you going to heaven? You can't even speak to people out here. You this this stuff got to be dealt with. Because I realize there are undercurrents that I don't know anything about. Some of y'all, I don't be knowing nothing about it. Y'all just be shouting and falling out and everything else. I don't even know that this person ain't speaking to that person and this person don't like that person. And I think she scratched my car. And the other day she looked at my stockings funny and, and, and all this kind of stuff going on. I don't know nothing about it. I'm praying for y'all just jumping and everything else and, and all this stuff going on on the phone. So I decided that some of this mess got to be dealt with. I didn't know, you know, I'm just saying this. You got ushers ain't speaking to nobody. Did somebody come in? And last time she told my child to take that bubble gum out, she tell me that again. I wrapped that bubble gum around her neck. All kind of stuff like that. Amen. And y'all look so good when I come around. Y'all complain, praise the Lord, Pastor. That was a little righteous smile. Praise the Lord, Pastor. And then when I leave, you better be glad he stepped in here. Huh? And then I'm wondering why we can't build and we can't work together because there's a false, there's an illusion that we're one. And we're not really there. Hey Amen. Y'all with me, saints? Oh, come on. I know I'm telling the truth. Acts chapter 2 and 42. If I would ask you, and see, uh, uh, when you ride in the car, I was driving a car the other day. I don't know who car had, somebody's car. I, and the car was like it was shouting. <laughs> the, I, one of the wheels, I guess, was balanced. It was like it was under, and the fast I go, like it was, like the car was. <sighs> oh, jacket. I know it was somebody called Jackie. Oh, Lord. But it might have not been. I didn't know. Was that your car, Jackie? Oh, y'all leave Jackie alone. Hold on. See me at the, see me at the church, Jackie. We'll straighten it out, Lord. If I, if I offended you, it might be the first night we got to deal with it. That was your, okay. All right. Uh-oh, uh-oh. See me at the church, Jackie. We're going back to Matthew 18, all right? Oh, Lord. So anyway, the point I'm saying is that if you got, if you got, you know, you got some of the cars now it's got pressure 32, pressure 31, 29. When those tires are not, don't have the equal on it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shake. The problem is, is that there are four wheels in the church. The church has four wheels, four wheels. Now, the church got, by the way, it, you, we should have four wheels. Look at this. Go read Acts 2 and 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Some churches riding on a unicycle. They got a unicycle. All they got is the doctrine. People don't speak to each other. They don't pray, but they know the doctrine. All right? All right, read. And fellowship. And fellowship, that's number two. That's a bicycle. Uh-huh. And in breaking of bread. And then, then you got a three-wheeler. Uh-huh. And in prayer. And then you got a four-wheeler. Now, we ain't walk around here with no three-wheeler because a three-wheeler is easy to turn over. Amen. 
and we're not riding on no bicycle. It's, it's easy to flip over. If you don't know what you're doing, you get your balance right. Mom asked me the other day, she said, baby, I, I, want, you, I want to ride your bicycle. I want to see, can I still ride? I said, no, you ain't get no bicycle. I'm going to go and buy one of you, one of them bicycles with a basket, them three-wheelers. You do. I, I love you, and you ain't going to get on no bicycle. Hey, you too old to be on no bicycle, 80 years old. I'm going to get up one with them baskets, a big old wheel and a basket. I'm going to put some training wheels on that. This going to be a, I love, I, I love my, my heart that can have, so I'm going to have one with a three-wheeler with training wheels. <laughs> Amen. She said she want to ride a bicycle. I said, no. The issue is this. It's easier to turn over a unicycle. It's easier to turn over a bicycle. It's easier to turn over a three-wheeler. But when you got a four-wheeler, it is more difficult to turn it over. And church, we got to have a four-wheeler. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Uh-huh. And fellowship. And what, what, read it again. And what? And fellowship. And fellowship. And in breaking we the We have high Churches that got fellowship, I mean, have, have uh, apostolic doctrine. And the prayer is good. And the breaking of bread. Y'all can break some bread. Y'all can tear that up now. I, y'all good at that. That's like, like I mean, y'all after church. But, but the problem is we don't have a lot of fellowship. We have prayer meeting every Monday. And fellowships are slim. Because some of y'all, you need to get in fellowship to expose your bad attitude. Everybody ain't going to take your junk like your kids take it. Everybody, that's why you don't want to be around nobody because everybody ain't going to take your junk like your kids take You say this to people in the church and say, I don't know who you think you is. They're going to put you in check in X. So the problem is, that's why folk don't like the fellowship because there's somebody going to have to put some personalities down. There's some people who don't have to give up some stuff. But the Bible calls us not just into the apostolic doctrine, but into apostolic fellowship. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, what it says. God is faithful uh-huh. by whom ye were called unto the fellowship. You're called not just into the church to come here preaching, but you've been called into a fellowship. You're not just called to come to church. You're called to fellowship too. You're called to go to fellowships and be a part of fellowship and get rid of your funny, nasty ways and stop telling folk, don't deal with folk. Some of y'all have been in prison in this church by certain friends and certain family members. You're in prison. You can't deal with nobody else. Can't speak with nobody else. And if they see you talking to other people and getting too close, they're looking at you like they're your, warrant, your prison warrant. What you said to her? What was y'all talking about? Can't nobody even speak to your child. Your child's scared. It. Somebody said, hey, Then get that child at home with me. You better not let me. What she said to you? What did she say? Next time you tell her, your mama said, don't bother you. Your mama going to hell. You don't train children like that. You don't train people like that. That's the wrong spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 
We are called into fellowship, not just church service. We are called to after service deal with each other. And I want you all to understand this. After church, it is important. And, 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 and I want the minister's wives and, and all of you all and deacon's wives to come up and level. And saints, after service, when we do that benediction, it is just as important as dancing and shouting here. Get your anti-social self and find you somebody in that church and connect. That's why some of y'all don't have the blessings in your life because the Bible said there are some things where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. Stop separating yourself from each other. Amen. 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 And you're going to hell. That's, this is a heaven or hell issue. You are going to hell, straight to hell. This is just as important as water baptism in Jesus' name. All these walls and all these divisions got to be torn down. Your, your, your family was separated all the way back to your great-grandmama auntie. And now you want to bring that spirit in the church. Get rid of that foolishness. Get it out of God's house. It don't belong in here. 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. This spirit got to go. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8 and 4. What does it say? Praying us with much entreaty uh -huh. that we would receive the gift uh -huh. and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. The fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So you want to be in a ministry, right? Minister to the saints. Speak, greet, praise the Lord. How you doing? Amen. Give me the book of Galatians 2 and 9. nine what it say as we said before say so I now again if any man preach any other gospel unto you is that then, two and nine? Oh, that's one and I'm sorry and when James Cephas and John who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given unto, unto me they gave me they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship they gave to me the right hand of fellowship they shook hands. They touched. That's fellowship. Amen. The Bible, it was so strong there. They didn't just stay in the church. Get Acts chapter 2 and 46. They went from house to house. We got all this stuff. We go down to the restaurant after church. Some of y'all need to start cooking again and invite the saints over to your house. Amen. Saints, saints used to been, didn't be so messed up, though. They come to your house and looking at all your stuff and tearing your stuff out. Teach your children how to act so you can fellowship at Full House. But he was going to put people's house and you can fellowship everybody and, and it was a family. Look what Acts 2 and 46 say. Read. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. They were daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread. And breaking bread. From house to and house. And they went from house to house. They were in, the, the problem with that is, and it is so true, that many of us don't have fellowship because many saints don't know how to treat each other fair. Because I'll ride with you and pay gas, and then when you ride with me, then you don't want to give me no gas money. 
we going to Mace. Everybody get $10. We going to Mace. All right? Then next year. Amen. I'm going to Mace. And you don't have to give me the money. I may, I mean, you don't, I may not even take the money, but at least offer me. I remember me and myself and, uh, and some of y'all saints, I'm going to tell y'all this. Don't, don't tell nobody I told you. But some of y'all are users. I, I might as well. I might as well. You done turned saints into a free Uber. Now, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. And you can't do it, you can't do it. But, but at least offer. Let me tell you what happened. Now, now, listen, I'm not talking about, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about people who can't afford. You ought to be able to do better than your sisters and brothers if they can't. I got people that I'm helping now because I know they're not in a condition to help themselves. And you ought to be able to do that. But don't let me see you with some brand new a $200 outfit and you couldn't buy your food at Kentucky Fried Chicken. A $2 chicken box. And some of you are always, you, get, you, you got me? You got me? You got me? No, you got you. You've been getting too many guidance too many times. Get yourself. And I say this all the time, you men, you have to man up. Ain't no man want no woman doing nothing for him all the time. He don't want that. He don't want that. It's a disgrace for me, man. A man don't want that. Want somebody to always be doing for him and ministering to him and buying me this and doing me. No, 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 no. You see, so when, when we go to your house and we're going to eat over your house, I'm going to go eat over there and I'm going to make all of this steak and all this. I'm going to come over to your house and you got a, a, a Little Caesars piece out there. I spent all that money. I'm like, what we eating? Little Caesars? No. <laughs> minister, my, me, and a, me and a minister, Minister Johnson. Now, my mama had told us what to give, how much to give. We were going all the way to the convention in, uh, in, in Albany, Georgia. Me and Minister Johnson, we're going to ride with Mother Gaffney. And uh, we're going to pull out and try to keep a little extra money. And Mom told me what she thought she should give. And so I said, I'm just going to get $10. And, and, and uh, Ella, Ella, Ella Johnson said, he's going to give $10. And we figured she was going to the convention anyway. And so we gave mother that ten dollars, and she stopped. She didn't. Even pull, she didn't even pull the car in the driveway. She said, "Minister Coward and uh, Minister Johnson." She said, "Now you know y'all can't go the way to Georgia on no ten dollars." He said, "Y'all had to pay the bus more than that." So I just went on and and <laughs> slipped it on out and did what I was supposed to do. Be fair. Be honest with each other. That's what keeps us unified with each other. Don't let me be the one that's always doing. And when it's your time to do, you don't do. Amen, y'all with me? They went from house to house. Uh, let me give you this. Uh, now, the, I, I want to share this with you. We got fellowship. A lot of time, our problem with fellowship, I want to give you this. 
Give me quickly, I want the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. Now, what relationship, relationship means this. It means that you can relate. You can't have a relationship with people that you don't know how to relate to. So, and being able to relate is being able to understand. Being able to, there's, there's this thing called having compassion. Having compassion. Now, I, I, I had a, one preacher one time, I told him in the convention. We was in the convention and a little boy was, was to going to sleep in the seat and he told him to stand up in the corner. And the little boy was going to sleep. He said, stand up. You see a preacher. Now I turned around and he was asleep. I said, you stand up. <laughs> you know, just told that little boy over there in that corner to stand up. You over there nodding. Now you stand up. <laughs> he said, Apostle, you right. There's a, being able to relate and having compassion. I asked everybody here today to work over because we're doing the convention, but I looked at every, I looked at them yesterday. I could relate, and I saw people tired and sluggish, and they would have done, and I said, no, y'all don't work over tomorrow. Y'all wait. You'll be able to relate. Be able to relate to people. That's what relationship is about. If I see you going through, in fact, sometimes there are some people that act out certain ways. And I don't look at their behavior. I look at what they've been through. And I look at how they respond. Now, you know, I can relate to that behavior. I can understand that. So I don't take everything offensive. I mean, some of you all are agitators. You're agitators. I watch y'all agitate people that you already know got a problem and you are so ignorant that you continue to pick at these people. You pick at them. You do stuff. You're agitators. You agitate children. You agitate people that are feeble-minded and you do things to keep on. You, you keep doing that and you get that and you push that out of people. You can't keep bothering a child. child trying to live saved. You're talking about, oh, you're supposed to be saved. Now, you don't say nothing like that to a child that's trying to, at least trying to come to God. That's stupidity. But they find little old things to pick and nick and pick and pick and pick and y'all are pick and nick people right out of the church. Amen. I'm talking, I know I'm talking right too. Amen. I'm going to get all this out of me. You know that people have weaknesses and have issues and have problems and you pick at them and nick at them and pick at them and nick at them and pick at them. Those are not good things. Not good behaviors. Amen. Can you say hallelujah? Lift both of your hands and say, Lord, help me. Come on, lift them up again and say, Lord, help me. Say it like you mean it. Say, Lord, help me. All right, let me give you this. Now, a lot of time where, where people have problems in the church is they don't understand the demographics of leadership. And I want you all to get this real good. Everybody in the church, I want you paying attention to me. There is what I call cross leadership. And when you deal with cross leadership, you have people that are over you, people that are equal to you, and people that are under you. And I want y'all to get that. And a lot of times, because some of you all didn't come on the structured home, now some of you all come from homes that had parents in them, but it wasn't structured because your mama ran the house. 
And that's why when you get married, you want to run your husband because your house wasn't structured right. There's no, oh, see, there's demographics when it's right. So I'm the, I'm the head of my house, and I know some of y'all don't like it, don't like the way, but it ain't your house. There are demographics in a home. There are demographics. And some of you all come from ruling women. They're ruling. They're bossy. They're bigoted. And some of you all are those women too that have gotten saved and still dealing with bigoted attitudes. Everybody know you run your husband. And some have ran them and some have ran them off. And there's no secret. You can't have that, you can't have that kind of bigoted attitude and transform that into the church. And some folk resent me when I talk like this because they're not used to that. They're not used to somebody being in charge. And now because you didn't have that in your house, you don't know how to relate that over to uh, 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 into this atmosphere. See, there's somebody over you, and, and this, this is going to mess you up in church. It's going to mess you up on jobs. That's why some of y'all cannot keep jobs. You cannot keep jobs because you don't understand the order. When you understand that order, some of y'all can't keep a husband, can't keep a job, can't keep friends because there is going to always be somebody over you. You're going to be under somebody. And so you got those that are over you and then you got those that are equally. And if you don't get those right, you won't know how to have a relationship. You see, when a woman understands her husband is over her, you understand how information is relayed. When you are under your husband, you are giving him advice, not instructions. When you're under your pastor, you're giving me advice, not instructions. And the way you present it is different. You say to your husband, 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 honey, can we? Not we're going to. Because he has to make that decision. Not we're going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. Because when you, based upon where you are, that's how you relate. So even, it's, it's the same information, but if it's going up to him, it's going to come in a form of a question. When it's coming down, it's going to come in the form of a direction. If it's coming up, it's honey, can we? If it's coming down, honey, we are going to. Then you have what, is, and, and this is the same thing with the saints. If you are equal to me as a saint, we are brothers and sisters. Don't act like you're my pastor. Because you're not my pastor. You're my brother. And as my brother, you can say to me, y'all ain't saying nothing. You are, we, so we understand we are brothers and sisters and you have a pastor who's over your brothers and sisters. So don't get mad with a sister because she didn't do something that she... She had the right to say no and the right to say yes. And you don't get mad with her because she didn't do a certain thing. Because she's unequal to you. You're not over her. I asked her to come to my birthday party. She didn't even come. She had a choice. Did you, you go to everybody's birthday party in the church? So that's a choice. That's an equal to her. But if as a pastor, I said, I want everybody to be the Bible study. And then you say, well, if it was a pastor, they would have done it. Because I'm a pastor. You're a brother. You're a sister. 
I'm a pastor. I'm a father. The Bible says rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. You're not going to get the same treatment and don't get jealous if you don't. You don't get the same respect. The Bible said that. Go over to the book of Timothy. Y'all with me, saints? I know I'm talking heavy, but I'm talking truth. First Timothy chapter 5 and 17. It is a difference in my house when my mother told me to do something and one of my sisters told me to do something. My mother told me to do something. She has a level of authority and I'm moving. My sister told me to do something. Amen. I move, respond differently. First Timothy 5 and 17. What does it say? Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Let them be counted worthy of not the same honor, double honor. So those that are over me, I give them a different honor than those that are equal to me. And then those that are under me, I treat them different. I respond to them different. This comes with a man understanding. First of all, when a man understands that he's over his home, there are certain things I'm not going to ask you to do. I'm going to demand them. If I'm over my house, I want everybody on time. I'm the head of my house. I'm not asking you to be on time. I'm telling you to get up in the morning, get those kids, get to Sunday school. And don't talk about Pastor I be trying to get her here. You are her husband. What are you? Her husband or her wife? First Timothy chapter 3 and 1 says, good first Timothy 3 and 1. I'm talking Bible now. Amen. Your whole family ought to be in Bible study. You, your wife, your children, and no, don't bring the dog. I'm, You don't tell me. How you going to come to me and tell me I'd be trying to get my wife to come, but she don't come? What are you? You're the head of your house. What do you mean? Problem is you don't come yourself. You got to be an example. You can't, what do you mean you don't, you, you can't get your wife to come? You're supposed to be the one that sets the structure in your house. That's about like the people down in the back that say, I can't get them to flip these burgers. First Timothy chapter 3 and 1. Look what it says. This is a true saying. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, of a bishop, he desire a good word. He desire a good word. A bishop then must be blameless. Must be blameless. The husband of one the wife. The husband of one wife. Vigilant. Vigilant. Sober. Sober. Of good behavior. Good behavior. Given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Apt to teach. Apt to teach. Not given to wine. Not given to wine. No striker. No striker. Not greedy of filthy Not lucre. Greedy of filthy lucre. But patient. But patient. Not a brawler. Not a brawler. Not curvaceous. Uh huh. One that rules. Well, well, his own his house. Own house. Having his if children. If it's in my house, I'm gonna rule it. Bible study time, you be the Bible study. Church time, you be the Bible study. And everything in the house. And when children get to the point that they don't want to go to Bible study, you the head of the house. But then they need to find somewhere else to stay. This is my house, and I got a standard that we all going to church. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Find somewhere else to stay, because if you're in my house, you're going to church. How do you get to make the rules in my house that I'm paying the bill for and you're going to tell me you ain't going to church? Hello. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. One that rule it well his own house. So when I know my position and what my position, I'm not talking about when I know my position at the head there are certain things I'm not asking, I am demanding and expecting them to be there. 
And when you're in that position as under that person, you should then expect them to be able to have some authority. If, if, if some of you all men would go in your house today and say, hey girl, clean this house up. She'd look at you, oh, I don't got any him. Oh, you've been listening to one of the pastor's messages again. <laughs> It'll calm down. He get that every time pastor do that. He got, he got, I want something to eat. <laughs> Forget it. He done got hyped up. Pastor talked about she home. She ain't come to church all all week. Say, uh, 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 come on. Uh, I want something to eat now. Say, what pastor preach on today? Must preach on one of them messages. You coming out trying to make some room? Lift both of your hands and say hallelujah. I better get off of that. <laughs> But but what what this listen this is right this, this is what helps. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. What helps is this: God wants that person who's to be respected. He's going to be respected because he's looked at as a knowledgeable person. Knowledge makes a person receive a person and respect them. Knowledge, and what happens is if you always try to make men look dumb then you'll never have any respect for them. Some of y'all think your husband dumb and you know you think you're dumb. You get his check and do all kind of money with it and he don't even know what's going on. And the kid laughing at it. He don't even know he got that kind of money. He just, he just dumb. Y'all, y'all getting him. He done got a stimulus check. Don't even know it. <laughs> now spot the whole stimulus check. You gave him two hundred dollars. Woo, $200. Where, where we got that from? Oh, that's our stimulus. They ain't even they don't even know we got. He does all kinds of things. They're doing all kinds of things. They're just everything. Done brought a new car, got credit cards in his name, everything. First Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians 14. That's why when it, there, there, then there are people who like to make men look stupid and some are stupid you don't have to make them that, that is true but they that and so what god wishes for us to do because the bible say knowledge puff up he he wants you to respect the brain of that man that's why you brothers have to educate yourself educate yourself first first Corinthians chapter 14 and says, verse 34, read. Let your women keep silence in the churches, uh -huh. for it is not permitted unto them to speak, uh -huh. but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Uh -huh. And if they will learn anything, uh -huh. let them ask their husbands. But how can they learn something from a dumb husband? If they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home. Now, how are you going to learn something from a dumb husband that won't read his Bible? A dumb husband that won't get the Bible to be able to know how to throw them scriptures. To say, hey, this is what the Bible says. Uh-uh, this is what the Bible Because she may not respect you, but if she respect that word, you pull that word out and she'll hum down at that word. But you don't know enough Bible. You say, you heard what pastor said, what he said. You heard him get that CD. Look on, look on Facebook. You see? So you got to have that, the Bible said, dwell with them according to knowledge. You got to have that type of knowledge within yourself. Let me, let me go over this. We got, now let's get workmanship. 
We're supposed to be working together. And this is very important. Get 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm almost done here. 1 Timothy chapter 3. It is so bad, and I've watched this in the church a lot of time. It's only a few people, the faithful few, that are working inside the church. And a lot of the other, every one of you all ought to have a word. And I've been noticing this lately, just about, I mean, we have a good attendance on church, and people come, I mean, Sunday mornings are full. Uh, Wednesdays, look at this, most churches don't even have this many people on Wednesday night. But you know what I've noticed? Is a lot of you all do not equally carry the load when it comes down to work. You're on auxiliaries, you're on committees. Some of y'all, yeah, I'm t- uh, uh, I look at some of y'all. Y'all got the big number in the church, but some of y'all, when it come down to coming to meetings and policies and helping, women got all these women in the church come down to cleaning and all these different things there. All these brothers, they come down to the yard and helping with the yard. Y'all just come to church and worship. You're supposed to work too. Y'all done got quiet now. You want me to get back on this husband and wife stuff. That, that's over. This is, we done changed channels. I don't mind sitting up in that pulpit with a nice tie and all of that. I don't have much respect for a man can get in the pulpit with a tie and can't do nothing with his hand to the house of worship that you come to. Some of y'all lazy. And you need to get out of that lazy spirit when it come down to the kingdom of God and working in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. I'm talking good. Some of y'all need to take these little boys around here that's acting sweet and bring them out there to a work day. Now, y'all know some of these boys act sweet. Y'all can look at it. If you can't tell that boy it's sweet, you've got something wrong. You know how to tell when your iced tea too sweet and all that, and all that other thing. Ooh, this sweet, but you can't tell that boy it's sweet, something wrong with you. Bring that boy out of the work day. We'll work it out. If I get him over there, you know, like they say, Jesus can work it out. We'll work it out. Get that hoe in his hand and the devil, work it out, work it out. Work it out. He come out here talking about hell, but when he gets you, he says, hey, mama, I'm ready. Go home now. We'll work it out of him. Turn it over to the deacons. They worked it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. You got to work. It's a work in the kingdom of God. I work, man. I work. I have work that I put in and labor. This yard, this this road look good. But them weeds out there, y'all got to take care of that. And there ought not be a few of the deacons and brothers out here. All y'all brothers out here, y'all ought to be able to do something. Y'all smelling good, got all this cologne, looking good, walking in the church, dressed up with ties on Sundays. Some of y'all ain't even got no work clothes. You don't even know what they look like. <laughs> These young boys, now they call them the work day. They call them the work day. I want all these young men, all you young brothers, all you mothers that's pacifying these little boys, get them up and get them out of there. They don't mow no yard. They don't do nothing at the house. They don't do nothing but eat. Eat, eat, eat. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. So this is the house of God. It ought not be two or three people responsibility to work in the house of God. It, look at the first Timothy chapter three and one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna about end here. Amen. I done start walking in some of this, and so some of y'all getting weary, that's all right. <laughs> this will wake you up here in a few minutes. 
First Timothy three and one. Look what it says. This is a true saying. True saying. If a man desire the office teach, of a bishop, teach, teach the young ladies in the house how to work in the house of God. Teach them how not to pass by sudden in the in, in the front of the yard, paper and stuff in, in in the bathroom. Teach them how to clean up behind themselves. Some of these young ladies are nasty, man. They're nasty, and some of y'all houses are nasty. Anytime you got to clean up your house before you let the pastor in, something wrong. I'm knocking on the door and I hear stuff going around. Hey, we got a pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Got to go close every room in, in the house. Can I go to the bathroom? Get the clothes, let me close, close everything. Got sheets covering everything. And your daughters are taught, they're, taught, they're being nasty just like that. Some of y'all live in fifth, you don't wash dishes every night. Every night. There ought not be dishes left in your sink. Even if your husband nasty, you don't be nasty. <laughs> All right, I rebuke you. You got a, you got a nasty, he doesn't, I'm just joking here. <laughs> he leaves dishes everywhere and and, and stuff down there, he said, he left it down there. You gotta, I mean, you don't leave no, you don't leave no woman, don't leave no house nasty. Nasty, the house nasty, everything nasty. You don't put dirty dishes in the oven. Microwave juice all over the inside of the microwave. Got turkey wing juice from the first from the first day you got it all in the microwave. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know them roaches over there at your house getting ready for the whole convocation. <laughs> Keep your house clean, man. We trying to get saints to visit and stay with us and 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 and, and greeting each other and y'all bringing roaches to the saints out. <laughs> the roaches done packed up, packed up, got in your Gucci bag. We going, <laughs> we going, we going to the. Today they are they are nasty. 
Y'all got sanitary napkins everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah, we on YouTube, all of it. You can't do that. You're nasty. You got to teach the young lady to have some dignity. Amen. So this, this, when you talk about the house of God and keeping the house of God, you think of somebody else, you, your child come to church, come out working, your child come to church, leave Starbucks wrappers and Skittle wrappers, you don't even teach them how to, how, don't do that in the house of God. They're destructive. They're destructive. They have to get a new toy every year. The same thing, because you're not teaching them how to maintain and keep stuff, take care of stuff. They tell you get your car, they get your car, and they just go and dig a hole in the seat. Kids here, some of them, a few see somebody done dug a hole in it, cause they're destructive. They just get, they get a new car, and they gotta tear the paint off, gotta do something. They're destructive. You teach children better than that. Can't have nothing good. That's a part of working. That's a part of working. All right, First Timothy three and one. This is the truth saying: If a man is out of office of a bishop, he desires a good what? Work, work. Now, saints, I'm gonna get some 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 things that we're gonna lay out, and we need every saint working. All these committees and meetings and departments that are that sometimes are half functioning, and all y'all yam that be hollering when I say get a yam yam. Can I get an attendance? Attendance. Mother's boys, praying women, all of these departments, I want to see a functioning. There has to be a function in the church. Usher board meeting. When they have meetings, you come. Women's meeting. They have women's meeting, you come. Brotherhood meeting, you come. They got food and they're serving. They got food going on. And you see sisters serving and helping, you help. Put your hand in it. Why are you always on this side of the table? And not that side. Always got something in your, oh, praise the Lord. So y'all did this up. <laughs> and some of y'all won't help clean up when it's over. And y'all out there selling and different things out there, y'all get them greasy spots up. Get it up. Have some sense about yourself. Don't pull your... your yeah, grease and stuff and all that kind of stuff. Y'all with me? Get in your house. It's the same thing in your house. Keep your house clean. Work. It takes work. One more scripture. Acts 13 and 1. I know this is funny, but it's true. So we're going to have to work and not just work. I'm going to get this. Let me get 13 and what I said. One, then I want to get this uh, we'll work us together. Okay, we get that, what you got? 13 and 1, read. Now there was in the church that was at Antioch uh -huh. certain prophets and teachers uh -huh. as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Serene and Manian which had been brought up from Herod the Tetratech the and Saul and they ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work. For the work. Separate them for the work. There's work that's involved. And a lot of time, because people see the results, 
and don't see the work that came with the results. They don't see the work. You know, there's a lot of time now, people see me now and they see, but I worked. Young ministers see what that, I worked and still working. Worked, labored, work. But there is a work involved in the church. And you know, you gotta see if people want the title or just the work. Everybody in this church ought to be active. Everybody in this church ought to be doing something. Now, the problem is not work. A lot of times the problem is working together. And in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to close in that. So we got fellowship, relationship, workmanship, membership, leadership. What did I say? 3 and 9, was that it? All right, read what it says. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship. Where is that? What have you read? Go back. Is that 1 Corinthians? Pray for me. First for we are laborers for together. we are laborers together. With we're, God. We're, we're laborers how? Together. We're laborers together. So a lot of y'all can work, but you don't know how to work together. And that's the thing. Uh, the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians the 5th chapter. Ephesians 5, and I want verse 21. Submitting uh, yourselves. Submitting yourselves. One to another. All right, because the key is you got to submit. You can't just work, but you got to work together, and you got to be able to submit yourself one to another, and that's important. That means somebody that's the head over one thing <clears throat> may not be the head over the other thing. So you may be over the head of the choir, but then you got to submit to that person that's the head over the usher board. So if the person that's the head over the usher board meets you at the door and tell you to stay out there praying, then you got to respect them. And they got to respect you with the choir. So a lot of us don't know how to work together. When you work together, everybody got their own particular rule and they got their own particular responsibility. And you learn how to work together. You don't have it all. You don't know it all. And I'm not trying to save something to reserve it for myself to keep myself lifted up. I have to recognize other people's abilities. I have to other, other, recognize other people's wisdom and utilize that wisdom when we're working in the kingdom of God. I can't be the one that want to go out there and make all the shots and let everybody see me doing everything and I'm the one that's over. And, I, and when people tell me, because some of you all can't handle people when they tell you, when you're having conversation, when they even suggest something that may be even better. And some of you all are well as long as you're over it and well as long as you're in charge, but then somebody else in charge, you can't work with it. And that's not the right spirit and that's not the right attitude at all to have when it comes down to the kingdom of God. Some people would rather be a, a, a big part of a small thing than a small part of a big thing. So they'll keep the church small so that they can, they can be able to be. So, uh, but, so the, the issue that I want to say today, let's not just be workers, but let's work together. And when, you, when we're called upon, you have meetings, you have responsibilities and things that you're called to. Be a part of the church. Don't just come to church. Be a part of the church. Be a part of what's going on at the church. Be an active part of it. Can we put our hands together and give God praises? Any, anyone, anyone has a question or a comment? Anybody have a question or a comment? 
Anybody? All right, anybody? Amen. Nobody? Yes, Essie? for different things and I can't give a, a general and specific for everybody but I know the Bible says love them that hate you, pray for them that despite illusion it says all these particular things there but one thing in particular is this that's important and I find this out I was talking to a, a brother the other day and him and I were conversating about something and I shared something with him and I think this is a good thing even to say to a lot of the parents that are here today especially parents that were not saved and then you got saved when your children are grown. Some of us in our children's younger stage were never the parents and were never the mothers of the fathers. And, and in, in the eyes of those children, I had a guy one time, he wanted, he wanted to beat the girl for saying something and one guy wanted to jump on his boy for saying something and the boy said, said uh, 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 you can beat me but you couldn't raise me so a lot of time what happens with us is this and I want to get this to the saints you all got that bible and you got that scripture and you jump in when they're 18 or 19 and they have lost they don't have that respect that, I told the brother I said that is not your daughter and you are not her father that's not your son and you're not his father because you haven't been there. And, and, and I'm not saying this is your case. I'm saying this because I, I want everybody to get this because this is a good question relating to something I want to say. So the circumstances are different because be, to be honest, there's some men that are not fathers. They're just sperm donors. Because a father does more than gets you here. And many, many of us, we have to get the realization if we started trying to be that mother that the Bible says when they're 19 and 20 or that father when they're 19 and 20, I don't need a mother at 19 and 20. I don't need a father at 19 and 20. I need that when I'm a baby. And so now when I don't need it, you want to try to be it. That don't work. So as saints, you got to know when you haven't been there. Now the child cusses you or the child says something to you. I'll not you knock me if you want to. They don't have that level of respect for you. So what do you do? You have to ease your way and you have to come in in a whole different way and a whole different attitude. You have to come in as that child's friend because, because I got the title don't mean I have the power. So now I got to come in, I got to talk a different way. I got to speak a different way. You've done all kind of things and and, and, and the child, so, so if it's one of those conditions, 
then you try to mend the relationship with the child and acknowledge constantly over and over. 